This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 175, episode 175 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had the best Monday of your entire life. Uh, yeah, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some awesome podcasts like Be Fit, uh, The Hobby, Rambling with a Purpose, Chance to Stride, Music You're Missing, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Burnt Toast, and so many other great podcasts. If you are into sports cards, you can check out Big Night Breaks every single weeknight, sometimes even on the weekends, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatnot, you name it, personals, group breaks, they're a part of it. Go check them out. And if you want to go check them out in person, head down to Patriot Place down in Foxborough. Go to the Card Vault. You can buy every single card you could possibly imagine down there. And if you're into free tickets for concerts at Big Night Live, follow at Big Night Media on Instagram. Check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday. Giving away free tickets every single Tuesday to upcoming shows at Big Night Live. And you can always go to BigNightShop.com to get your Banner Banter podcast merchandise. Click the Big Night Media tab. Click Banner Banter. Buy all all the stuff to support. Thanks so much. Okay, now that that's over, hey, hey, two to two, how we doing? Best of three. Oh my God, this is insane. What a win. Celtics win 102 to 82 to tie up the Eastern Conference Finals, two to two. Game five, Wednesday in Miami. Tip off, quote unquote, is at 8.30 on ESPN or it might be on ABC. Who knows? It's on one of those networks. Either way, Disney owns it. So going into this game, no Marcus Smart for the Celtics. His ankle swelled up pretty bad. He, Even though he seemed very active on the bench tonight, uh, he was yelling at people, telling people what to do. His ankle seemed fine then, but who knows? Does he play in Game 5? If it's up, Knowing Marcus Smart and everything that he's been through and the type of person that he is and how much he loves to play basketball, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him. But after that, do you, do you need him? Do you sit him out for one more? Who knows? Very, very interesting. So... The Heat also didn't have Tyler Hero. He's out to a strained groin or quad, something with his leg. It's strained. He didn't play in this game. Uh, he really hasn't been a huge difference in this series so far. Obviously, in Game 1, he came off the bench and sparked a nice little run for the Heat, uh, which helped them win that game. But overall, you know, not the best series for the NBA. It's uh, best sixth man or the sixth man of the year, whatever they call it. But Time Lord did return. Rob Williams made a huge impact in this game. His difference around the rim to start the game was awesome. You know, the fact that he only had two blocks is 
just seemed surprising to me. It felt like he had 55. He did a great job, you know, contesting shots, forcing people to shoot 17 million miles into the sky because he closed out well. He flew uh, in the corners towards their... um, towards their jump uh, oh my god their jump shooters i shouldn't be recording this after the game um but yeah he listen he didn't look that great in the third uh you can sense he was hurting a bit i'm glad Ime took him out early he only played i think he only played like 19 or 20 minutes uh he could have taken him out earlier hell he could have taken all the starters out earlier in this game but you know it was what it was you know i'll i'll say this the the bench that came in played pretty well. Aaron Neesmith showed some signs of maybe he could be good next year, but we're not focused on that right now. But 12 points, 9 boards, you caused some havoc, you really helped this team, especially like, <clears throat> you know, if Marcus isn't going to play, you want to have another all-defensive NBA guy playing, and that's what happened, because if Marcus and Rob didn't play, who knows, this game could have gone a lot differently. But Rob Williams defending shots, making things uncomfortable for their jump shooters was great to see. And hopefully Rob is going to be okay for game five on Wednesday, even if it's 12, 13, hell, 15 minutes. If he can just give us that, that could be a huge difference in this game. So here's the thing, folks. I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out this series because if you ask me, the series is on fucking drugs. And, and listen, I've never done a drug in my life. So I'm just trying to figure out if this series was a drug, which one it is, but it's on something because nothing makes sense. Nothing. So for example, Derek White starts the game. He goes three of three, scores the first seven points for the Celtics. Who would have thought, right? And then the rest of the game, one of 11 from the field, O of seven from three. Now I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, maybe Josh Richardson would have been a better offensive player. Where's Josh Richardson? And you know what? That's that's fair, but Derek's White... Derek White's defense tonight was solid throughout. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't for Al Horford being as dominant as he was, Derek White was arguably the best player for the Celtics on the floor tonight. He was everywhere, offensively, defensively. He did a great job. I love Derek White's game tonight, obviously minus the shooting, but that's what you get from Derek White. I I know it's tough to find someone that could possibly shoot worse than Marcus Smart at times, but... It is what it is, and I thought Derek White really stepped up because he did not play great in Game 3, but this game, he was terrific. And then you you have Al Horford, another great game. He dominated on the defensive end and rebounding the ball as well. I mean, he made Bam Adebayo's life a living hell. And if I told you Al Horford was the best player on the floor tonight but only scored five points, you'd say, wow, yeah, this series really is on drugs. Yep, and then Jason Tatum. Welcome back, bud. How we doing? I know you wouldn't have had... I, I, I knew you weren't going to have back-to-back games. Back-to-back bad games. I knew it. But can you come out like this? Like, the same level of intensity in Game 5 like you did in, in Game 4? That, that'd that be great. Thanks so much. I, I, I would really appreciate that. Because I understand that, you know, Game 3 was your third worst shooting percentage in your playoff career, which is scary, the fact that 21% is your third worst. I mean, we could talk about that at a different time, but I'm telling you, you got to come out with the same intensity, Jason Tatum. If Jason Tatum can play like he did tonight, the rest of this series, the Celtics should and can win this series. But speaking of drugs, what if I told you Jason Tatum outscored all of the Heat starters tonight combined? You would probably say, wow, yeah, no, you're right. This series really is on drugs. And then you have Jalen Brown. 
not really the best night for him. Not an ideal night in any way, shape, or form. One of six from three. I think he shot five of 20 from the field. He lost his dribbles a bunch of times. And to be honest with you, I don't really see Jalen Brown complain to the refs a lot. But tonight, he was complaining like no other. And you say to yourself, wait, Jalen Brown complained? Yep, this series is on drugs. Number 12, he went one of five from three, but that's on brand. So, okay, that's not on drugs. Moving on. And then you have Victor Oladipo carried the heat. He was the only reason why the score wasn't worse. He looked like he was back in the, like, back playing for the Indiana Pacers. He also, too, outscored all of the Heat starters. So again, this series is on drugs. And then, um, what else? You, you have the Heat. Lost by 20, but won the fourth quarter. Their first time winning a quarter by single digits in this series. And the first time that they won a quarter without winning a game. They also started the game shooting 0-14 from the field. So go ahead, say it with me. This series is on drugs. And what else? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what was it? Oh, yes, I remember now. The Celtics took 38 free throws tonight. 38. That is the fifth time in the playoffs that they've taken more than 30 free throws. They did it six times in the regular season. They're undefeated in the regular season, or they were undefeated in the regular season when they took 30 free throws or more. They're 2-3 and three in the playoffs. Again, drugs. Like, I, this series is so weird. It really and truly is. Like, if you if you think about the first game, all you can think about is that blowout from the um, by the Heat in the in the third quarter when they won you know went on that twenty two to two run. Then you think about game two, the Celtics couldn't miss a three pointer for the life of them. Then you think about game three, the Celtics had a horrific start. Jimmy Butler didn't play in the second half. The Celtics couldn't catch up, and the Heat win. And this time, Marcus Smart didn't play, and the Celtics won by twenty. Huh? What? None of it makes sense. The Celtics need to make sense of it going into Game 5. So, like, all jokes aside, what the hell is going to happen in Game 5? I have no idea. No one does. And anyone who thinks that they know is insane. Is literally insane. I mean, there is no way that the Heat starters are going to play that poorly again. I mean, P.J. Tucker, Max Struess, Kyle Lowry were a combined one of 17. That's not going to happen again. There's there's no way. So the Celtics have to be prepared for Max Struess to probably hit a couple three-pointers. They have to be prepared for Kyle Lowry to flop his way into getting to the free-throw line. I hate Kyle Lowry. Don't. Some of, some of the things that he argued tonight and some of the calls that he got, I'm not a... I really do my best not to complain about the refs, but I hate Kyle Lowry and some of the calls that he gets. It's boiling inside of me, but we're not going to do that. Then you have Jimmy Butler. Folks, Jimmy Butler isn't going to do 3 of 19 again. Uh, I'm sorry, 3 of 14. He's not going to do it, especially if if Smart doesn't play. There's no way. If Smart plays, okay, maybe. But, like, I don't know if this is injury-related. After the game, he said it wasn't injury-related. He just didn't really seem like himself, but no chance in hell that Jimmy Butler is going to shoot 3 of 14 again in this series. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. So again, if I told you Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Max Struess, and P.J. Tucker shot 4 out of 31, you'd go, ha yeah right. Even if you hate the Heat and despise them, you'd go, yeah, yeah, okay. But it happened. 
Then the Celtics, their starters, only hit four three-pointers total. Jalen Brown, Derek White, Jason Tatum. They went three of 21 from three. So to me, that's a good sign because as much as I say there's no way that you know, Jimmy Butler goes 3 or 14. There's no way that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum only have one three-pointer each in the next game. None. So that's definitely a positive. And the Celtics got 60 rebounds tonight. Great, dominant performance on the boards, just like I've asked. But they still gave up 10 offensive rebounds. And to be honest with you, I don't think the Heat are going to go 3 of 12 from the field on second-chance points at home. I don't. So again... Everything that happened in this game was great, but everything could also be reversed very, very quickly. Seriously. I mean, the Celtics' offense is the key to their defense. Their defense has been solid all series, in my opinion, except for that third quarter. And to be honest with you, you could probably blame the offense for that, for all the stupid fucking turnovers that they had. But if their offense is not good, it will affect the defensive end 1,000%. The Celtics had 11 turnovers in this game, a huge improvement from Game 3. Everything that I asked for and more. I know. I'm full of hot takes. I know I'm a basketball wizard. I get it. I told them to take care of the basketball. I'm sure no one else on the planet said that. It's why you come to the Banner Banter Podcast. It's appreciated. But the Heat had less than 10 turnovers for the second straight game. So as great as the Celtics did at taking care of the ball, the Heat, even though they got blown out, actually did a better job taking care of the basketball. So... The Celtics have to start forcing turnovers. Take care of the ball and force turnovers. The Celtics didn't get to 25 assists tonight, and that's fine, but their ball movement was great. And that is because their off-ball movement was there. You could literally see guys trying to get open versus staring and watching. And the, and I'm glad Ime said something. I don't know who said something, whether it was Hardy or Stoudemire, whatever coach said something, Brad Stevens, who the hell knows? Someone in the Celtics organization basically said, hey, Guess what? Um, can you do me a favor? Can you move without the basketball? That's And here's the thing. Their off-ball movement forced the Heat to try harder on defense, forced more rotations, and the Heat were just not the same defensively tonight. And you have to keep the Heat off guard. Now, there were some times where they played the zone, and the Celtics got some okay shots out of it. They missed them. Not some great shots, but some okay shots. That's fine. But off-ball movement, and good ball movement is going to be huge, huge in Game 5. It really and truly is. And to be honest with you, speaking of Game 5, I think the first five minutes of this game is going to tell a lot about the rest of this series. This is now a best out of three. And the Celtics have to go up in this series like they do. And I know, another super hot take for me. But like the Heat are too good to be behind all series like you are with the Bucks. Because remember, the Celtics were behind the entire series until they won Game 7 against the Bucks in Round 2. That cannot happen versus the Heat. The Celtics have to treat this game like they are behind. They really do, because clearly, that is how they love to play. That is how they motivate them. So hopefully, someone can cast a spell and be like, hey, you guys are actually down three games to two. Even though it's Game 5, please play like you're behind, because you clearly play better that way. But the first five minutes of this game, the Celtics have to come out swinging. Harder, faster, stronger, better, more efficiently than they did in Game 4 because they came out swinging in Game 4 and they have to do the same exact thing, if not better, in Game 5. So for me, it's pretty simple. Ball movement, take care of the ball, rebound, dominate the first five minutes, 
and your defense has to be elite, just like it was all season long. Closeouts. Fight, you know, make things difficult around the rim. Fighting through screens. Proper rotations. Good communication. Get back in transition. No easy points for the Miami Heat. Stick to what got you here. So on Friday at TD Garden for Game 6, we, we, can, we can have some fun. The Celtics can win Game 5 on the road, but it's all about the first five minutes of this game. I'm telling you it really is because if <clears throat> this if the Celtics can come out in the first five minutes and go up double digits, quiet that crowd, and then for the Heat to be like, fuck, we just lost to them by 20, and now we're down double digits. What are we going to do here? And then they're going to play from behind. They don't have that type of offense that can really keep up. We'll be, I'm telling you, the first five minutes, the first five minutes of Game 5 are going to make or break Game 5, if not the series. I really and truly believe that. But, hey, that's it for Episode 175 of the Banner Branch Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. I hope you have a great Tuesday, a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you on Thursday. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And that's it. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.